while the World Health Organization's Behavioral Modification Unit uses psychology to manipulate people into following mandates, accepting vaccines, etc. Trevor Loudon is here to discuss that story, and the Pentagon now sees these giant cargo cranes in American ports as potential Chinese spying tools. And then the Biden administration's newly proposed $6.8 trillion budget is dead on arrival, says Senator Ted Cruz. Furthermore, after seeing the budget proposal priorities, Biden certainly isn't running the White House, he says. Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer will talk about the budget and this blockbuster story on the Fox News host and January 6th on-air, off-air comments. And finally, former CDC director Dr. Robert Redfield exposes the truth about Fauci's lies at the House subcommittee on the COVID-19 pandemic origins. Dr. Stephen Latula and Dr. Stephanie Coxon are here on the three-year anniversary this weekend on the COVID pandemic. Viewpoint this Sunday is next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news. Providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast-paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the Weekend News Magazine. Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Alvaro here. Let's get started with Weekend News Magazine now. I want to bring on a, a dear friend of the show here, Trevor Loudon, joins us here. And uh, uh, Trevor is an author, speaker, filmmaker, political commentator, analyst, a fantastic author. Uh, he's got great books out there. You can find those books, as always, in the America Out Loud bookstore. He hosts a show called Counterpunch on the Epoch Times and uh, does a great job with that. Um, and uh, welcome to the broadcast, uh, Trevor. It's a privilege to have you here, sir. Well, thank you so much, Malcolm. Always a pleasure to be on. Yeah. So I want to get right to this uh, story that I seen you were pretty well highlighted and it got my attention just this past week here. And it was in the Epoch Times. And uh, who aspires to control and manipulate people's behavior in the next pandemic? And I think a lot of us are suspect on that. So uh, you say they're dominated. The World Health Organization is dominated by communist and social uh, socialist uh, sympathizers and uh, studying how to manipulate people's behavior. Well, they surely done a hell of a job with that through the last COVID go around. I'll give you that much. Uh, you say they have a behavioral modification unit. Tell us about this specifically, what you're speaking about, Trevor. Well, it's a, a, a unit and who that is deals specifically on behavioral modification for public health on an international level. So this is using psychology to get people to comply with mandates or to accept vac vaccines or lockdowns or masking. And this, so this is how you manipulate mass numbers of people to get them to do the work that, to get them to do what who wants them to do. You say mandates, the lockdowns, all of this stuff. Uh, you know, they, they're they not just some little innocent international global organization. They seem to have plans 
uh, to dominate uh, back to, well, this pandemic treaties we've been talking about. I know you're familiar with that. But they seem to have some plans here. And if you look at the track record through COVID and their partnership with the CCP, I imagine we should be pretty concerned. Look, 100%. Look, um, the World Health Organization is led by Mr. Tedros of Ethiopia. He was a former leader of Ethiopia's pro-Chinese Communist Party. He's completely in China's pocket. He's not a medical doctor. His, pres- his leadership was supported directly by the Communist Party of China. He is their man. But the new head of the Behavioral Modification Unit is Susan Mickey from Britain. She is a leading member of the British Communist Party. And she is a social scientist. She was one of the main and as psychologist, she was one of the main advisors to Boris Johnson during the COVID lockdowns. And, and she is a complete zero COVID, masks forever, maximum lockdown person. She is regarded even in the British Communist Party as a Stalinist, not just an ordinary communist, but a hardcore Stalinist. She has attended um, psychological conferences in Cuba at Communist Cuba, and she's worked for the Chinese government on smoking cessation programs, and she's a complete supporter of the communist Chinese approach to COVID, which is lockdown, 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 and more lockdowns. So this is Tedros and Susan Mickey, if there's another pandemic, they will be two of the most powerful people in the world, and they're both pro-Chinese communists. Yeah, why do you think somebody like a Boris Johnson, it really makes me very peculiar as to why someone like a Boris Johnson would be partnering with someone like this, Mickey, and someone with these communist influences. What is the attraction to that? Is there a whole other angle in a story to these cats? Or what? what, what, what do you, what's your suspect on that? Well, I, I, think, I think he was intimidated. Just like Trump, you know, was told by Fauci, et cetera, and the, and, the, and the WHO, that if he didn't lock down America, there was going to be two million dead before Christmas. Mm-hmm. And no presidential candidate wants to get blamed for every dead grandmother in the country during election year. So he was sort of forced to put over a barrel, really. And I think Boris Johnson was the same. In Britain, the Communist Party controls the major unions. So what they did in in the Morning Star newspaper, so the unions and the Morning Star set up the Zero COVID group, which Mickey was part of. And they basically told Boris Johnson, if he didn't lock down the country, there was going to be strikes everywhere. And, um, you know, he was in a position, he didn't know what was going on. So he went along with this. I don't think he understood that Mickey, Susan Mickey was a communist a hardcore communist at that. So so what happened? The Chinese gave us the virus and in, in Western countries, they use their subservient politicians and the unions they control to enforce the lockdowns to the maximum degree to do maximum economic damage. You'll find all of the countries and all of the states in America with the harshest lockdowns are all the ones with the most Chinese influence. World Health Organization is not really a health organization. I mean, first of all, they need a new name. What now tie that all into these and just get let's get to a capsule a summary of 
these what's the real concern that people should be sincerely now with these pandemic treaties uh, the amendments uh all of this stuff that they're trying to do to really take over our, uh, well our sovereignty is really what we're talking about healthcare controls so much what what's the underlying current of all this with the ccp it looks to me like who is just their uh well their bitch who is their puppet the who is a ccp operation so what if we have another pandemic, and we're sure to have another pandemic, though I think they're already planning one, right. and say if it's a little bit worse than the last one, you know, a higher death rate, can you imagine, and, and Biden's signed treaties, basically, that give the WHO sovereignty over America's health responses. I think virtually the whole world has signed up to this. So you will have the CCP, the most tyrannous regime on the planet, with the possible exception of the North Koreans, um, the most tyrannous regime on the planet with their two representatives in the WHO. And there's more than just Mickey and uh, Susan Mickey and Tedros. Mm -hmm. a, A Chinese communist operation will have control over health policy in the whole planet. They can tell you to lock down a whole state, vaccinate a whole state. They can tell you to quarantine people, arrest people. This is world tyranny enforced by the coming through the CCP, enforced by the World Health Organization, and you've got two pro-Chinese communists will be leading the charge. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and that's exactly it. The one thing about this, uh, Trevor, this narrative, uh, the CCP, uh, is that they are very slippery. And the thing about the CCP is they get away with so much and they push the envelope in so many areas. See, here's a couple of other interesting stories that play to this narrative uh, that you and I are talking about here and building on. All right, so I see uh, a report here. Uh, China's J-20 stealth fighter, a blatant F-22 and F-35 ripoff. And this is kind of, a, you know, we knew this was happening, but it's a stealth-looking airplane type thing. Um, all our U.S. congressional reports, they, they know all about it. I mean, they got all the imagery of it. And it's a ripoff, uh, like everything else. The the Chinese steal the technology, and then they they build it in their own fashion and style. Uh, and this is, um, you know, this is the kind of thing we're not careful of. That we, you know, we've got all these Chinese spies. They're running spy balloons over the country. We'll get into this other story in a minute about at our ports. But um, what? Back to what could go wrong. This whole China thing. I, I see some. I mean, this is. This technology is building now, the theft of U.S. military technology. How big of a problem do you see this kind of thing? And I think it may be more widespread than we realize. Look, it's an existential problem. This is the survival of the United States and the Western world at stake. We need to understand the CCP doesn't want to dominate America or out-compete America economically. It wants to physically destroy America. We have been in World War III with the CCP for many years now. And we were sold this big scam by Nixon and Kissinger and most of most of the Republican Democrat presidents for decades. If we engage with China and we'll make lots of money with China and they'll become more like us and we'll all live happily ever after in this big, democratic, wonderful, peaceful, prosperous world. Well, it hasn't worked out that way. They have ripped 
ripped us off blind. They have stolen our technology. They have built up a military now that can threaten ours. We make billions of dollars a year trading with China. Then we spend trillions defending ourselves from the threat that we built. That's well said. If we get in a war with China... Yeah. We'll be the first war in history where we finance both sides. <laughs> and, and, you know, and we could well lose it because yeah, yeah. Russia will join in as well. Yeah. And um, so, so you know, we just saw Biden give huge amounts of military technology to the Chinese in Afghanistan, left billions of dollars of American military technology, including the ability to manufacture the, the machinery to manufacture U.S. military IDs left that all mm. in Afghanistan, oh. which is now completely accessed by China. So they can just reverse engineer anything they like. They can make military IDs for their um, guerrillas who can sneak up across the southern border. You know, this this was one of the most treasonous operations in world history. But we, we need to fully understand um, if you read the book Unrestricted Warfare by two Chinese um, colonels released in 29, um, about 20 years ago, they talked openly about the destruction of the population of the United States so they could settle hundreds of millions of their people on U.S. soil. Well, and they talked about biological weapons. They yeah. talked about cyber weapons. Mm -hmm. They talked about drugs. They talked about, you know, fentanyl is part of the Chinese military yeah. as, as a Chinese military operation. Um, so, yeah, we're at war with China and we, we should be waking up to that yeah, fact and yeah, disengaging yeah. completely from that nation. There are so many levels you're speaking about and you're right to bring it back to Nixon, Nixon and Kissinger back then when they opened up the doors and the gateway. Boy, if we could only go back to that period and fix some things, uh, we could have a whole yeah. different program now because... Our politicians have played it so wrong. But here's the thing. The Chinese are outsmarting everybody at their own game. They're outsmarting with the rare earths that they control uh, and the whole energy yep. spectrum and pushing this whole climate business. They're behind all of this, the CCP. You see, this is the yes. thing why they're so clever. They, they, right? I mean, they push all of these programs and they know they're the beneficiary of it, just like with the WHO, uh, all of these things that they're doing. It's, it's mind boggling. That brings me to this other, this story blew me away. I mean, we really, really are a, a bunch of keystone cops in America. That's the way I look at it, Trevor. We are politicians and our government officials. They they just can't get out of their own way and they deliver everything. And, and you know, put that aside a moment and you just questioned Biden a moment ago. We're talking about him and all the you brought up a marvelous point about which nobody even thinks about anymore because it's so far back now. But all that equipment left in Afghanistan and the ties to China and reverse engineering just is how stupid we are. They talk about the Keystone Cops. But now you see the story in The Wall Street Journal. Pentagon sees giant cargo cranes as possible Chinese spying tools. Now, let me give you the facts on this story. This is this is unbelievable. Z as in zebra, PMC, ZPMC. This is a firm out of Shanghai now in China here. And so they they're manufacturing these cranes like every see. This is the thing. Like everything in China, they control 70 percent of the world global market on cranes. They're all tied to technology and sensors and very sophisticated, partnering with Microsoft, big tech, 
And they basically can see what you're doing and what you had for breakfast and where these ships are going and what the cargo is being shipped and on and on and on and on and on. I mean, the reports now are, you know, military equipment that's being shipped, who they're being shipped to. And so these these cranes are all over our ports and they're calling them like a Trojan horse, if you will, that is just out in plain daylight, uh, Trevor, that can see all the things we're doing. Now, how stupid is this story? Well, we got to understand. Well, I think we got to stop using the word stupid and start using the word treasonous. <laughs> you know, because look, absolutely, the Chinese monitor every keystroke on TikTok. Whenever your kids use TikTok, everything goes back to the CCP for future blackmail, for future, you know, they can get passwords, everything. You know, it's it's all military. And every major Chinese company is officially part of the Chinese military. So would we allow the Chinese to set up military antennas in every port in America that sipped information directly back to the CCP? Would we allow them to do that? Well, we are, because those cranes are military antenna. They can ship. They know where the cargoes are shipped. They know troop shipments. They know, you know, what we're sending to Ukraine, which they'll then give to Russia. They they know everything. But yeah, we got to understand we're at war with a super sophisticated surveillance state, and every avenue we give them, from balloons flying over our country to TikTok to to big tech. To, to allowing Chinese military technology in all of our ports, let, let alone the Chinese cargo ships, which have already been proven to send guns to gangs in L.A., years ago. Well, it's just like so, the fentanyl so, on the Mexican border you just talked about a moment ago. It's the same yeah. thing. They're killing our own kids and killing them, and, and they're partnering yeah. with all these evil people. So it's the same story. Yeah. So, so we. This is a deal we got sold with Kits, yeah. Kissinger and Nixon and every most presidents yeah. Yeah. since, except Trump. We'll give. We'll send all our high-paying jobs to China. We'll send all our, our, our steel mills and our industrial capacity to China. We'll use their cheap labor to get ourselves rich. Uh, the Chinese will kill our kids with their fentanyl. They'll indoctrinate our kids through the education system and through Hollywood. They'll monitor monitor them through TikTok. But the but the good side of the deal is we can buy cheap junk in Walmart. See, that's it. That's it. And, and that's and what it, we got. That's it, what we got. It, it is crazy. And e- even all of our antibiotics are made over the years. So, you know, yeah. back to, like you said, next pandemic. I mean, these people control so many vile things, not to mention the chips, if they have the problem with Taiwan and not to get into that. But, I mean, the narrative here on China is, I think you explained pretty well, it, it is been a very silent World War Three. But it's uh, it's it's very much that way. And the thing about it is, Trevor, I'll, uh, uh, final thought I'll say on that point is that they're very good at playing the long game. The the Chinese are very, very good at it. We are terrible at the long game. We only play to the next election here, our officials. They play two and four yep. year strategies. And that's it. hundred percent right. Uh, Trevor Loudon, always a privilege to have you. Thank you for joining us on Viewpoint this Sunday, sir. Oh, look, always a pleasure, Malcolm. Great, great catching up with you. And All thanks right. to the audience.
Absolutely. And uh, all right. So you hear Trevor there and all that we just shared with you. Well, friends, put your seatbelt on here a little bit, too. The Biden administration proposes a six point eight trillion dollar budget. Ted Cruz says, well, Biden isn't even running the White House. Uh, this is just the other day here. Uh, stay right there. Tony Schaefer joins us next. Uh, more Viewpoint in just a moment. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans. I gotta tell you that at least once on a show, right? It is a privilege to have you on the mission with us. Thank you for joining us here on the Weekend News Magazine here. Uh, so we've been covering up front here a lot about what's going on with the World Health Organization, China, the CCP, uh, a lot of very fascinating stories. So now bring it back home a little bit and talk about uh, this. You see about this crazy budget here uh, with uh, with Biden uh, proposing a $6.8 trillion budget. Now, they know this isn't going to go too far, uh, but interesting comments from Ted Cruz we'll jump into. And we're going to do that with Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer joins us uh, uh, Tony is the president of the London Center for Policy Research, a CIA-trained intelligence operations officer, a fantastic author, uh, one of the best um, you know, political junkies uh, probably in the country. Tony, huh? Hey, well, I do my best. And it's always, <laughs> well, you know, since I, I actually took the time to get a degree, you know, let me act like Al Gore here. I took the time to invent the Internet. No, I actually took the time <laughs> to get a degree in, in political science. So God knows I didn't end up selling insurance or managing the local uh Food, food line. So, you know, it, it, it's all good. All right. So it's a $6.8 <laughs> trillion dollar budget. So Senator Ted Cruz says, and pretty pretty blatantly says, Joe Biden certainly is not running the White House after looking at this budget proposal, he says. He says that uh, Biden's uh, 2024 fiscal year reveals socialists are in charge and that President Biden, who campaigned heavily on being a unifying candidate, would uh, deal with me- uh, uh, who would deal with mo- members of both parties, of course, is not going to do that. Uh, now, the budget outlines extreme economic education, climate, health care, raise taxes uh, and increase spending levels on everything. A lot of economists think this will push us right over the edge. Uh, what do you make, first of all, of this? Because And also, they're referencing this could create a $50 trillion national debt over the next decade. I don't know. Right. That's that's pretty wild. What do you what do you make of this? Well, yeah, he wants to spend more money in less time than any other president <laughs> in history. And that's what that's what exactly it is. And, and what they're trying to do is instill and enshrine communism. Let's be very clear on what's going on. Yeah. First off, 
uh, woke. It's a woke agenda. Uh, anytime you see equity versus equality, equity is simply that which they're trying to say will guarantee, quote unquote, outcomes. That What they're trying to do, uh, Malcolm, is basically make it so that the government becomes the determining factor of outcome. Uh, and you do that by control of means of production. Gee, where, where have I heard that before? Means of production. Oh, communism. Yeah. So this is all it is meant to do. It's supposed to find a way to essentially guarantee all Americans out, the equity of the the equality of an outcome, not not equality. So that itself is Marxism 101. I don't know how to make it any clearer than that. I hope your audience understands and will internalize the fact anytime you see woke, that means mm -hmm. communism. Mm -hmm. And this is a communist uh, manifesto if I've ever seen one. Uh, that leads me to my next point, which is green energy. The, mm -hmm. the green energy depends on something that we've all come to depend upon. It's fossil fuel. There's no such thing as green energy. Green energy is simply their replacement for religion. So when you see green energy, uh, equate that in your mind to God. That is their God. This is what they've replaced God with in their world. They are a cult uh, and they, they worship the, the God of green energy. Green energy is, again, an extension of their political uh, concepts and causes to control means of production of energy. So you put the two together, you got the 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 equity issue regarding economics, you've got the the green energy aspects of, of environmental uh, control, and it, it all adds up to the same thing. It's all uh, state-run, state-controlled of everything that we see. That's what this is trying yeah, to do, yeah. and it, it is truly that dangerous. Well, in the, the real kicker of this whole thing, uh, Tony, is that none of this is hidden anymore. It's in it is not day. hidden. Yeah, yeah. it's open. I mean, what yeah. you just say with the budget, though, it's in plain daylight. It's and I mean, and, and everybody's kind of hitting their heads now, but they're, we are in a takeover mode. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're, they're in absolutely takeover mode. Now, now here's, here's this is interesting next. Um, yeah. you, you know, you think about all the things that ail is right now and all the things that they're not fixing, like any money they're putting on the border is just for process. And it's not to curb the problem. These people want these people coming in by the, right. by the truckloads and millions. It's it's crazy. But but Cruz says sets us up pretty well. He says this. You know what's not in this budget? The senator says, well, funds to secure our southern border. They want to fund 87,000 IRS agents, but they don't have funds for significant numbers of new Border Patrol agents. No. They don't have funds for significant numbers of DEA, Drug Enforcement Administration agents, as fentanyl is. I mean, they just had a congressional hearing on it. It's crazy. The 100,000 overdoses happened last year on Biden's watch. Right. And so, you know, all of this. So this budget doesn't address any of that, Tony. Not a damn thing. And they want to increase taxation, too. So let me break this out, because this is the key point. The Democrats uh, or the the Basically, they're they're the progressives. There there aren't Democrats as you and I knew growing up. That's right. In That's existence, right. That's right. the progressives want to to basically destroy the American economy and the American middle class by three things: taxation, regulation, and inflation. And that's what they're doing. This budget does all three. This is the trifecta of of evil. Uh, they go into taxation, and let me tell you the little secret here: this whole only four hundred thousand dollar more. No, they've already they've already broken the promise to not raise taxes on the middle class. Inflation is a tax. Uh, the actual expenses you pay is a tax. These are all things they're doing with full knowledge. And this budget will only add to that. There is no link between appropriating appropriation of, of dollars, which is taxation, and spending. 
because to, to the second part of this is, is spending and printing money. So the second thing this does, Malcolm, it, it devalues any money you have invested, saved, or otherwise tried to use for a long-term uh, uh, source of income. Now think about this. Mm -hmm. This budget will actually, if you've saved, let me just give you an example. If you've taken the time to save up, I don't know, $80,000 as part of a, 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 a nest egg that you want to use in retirement, this budget will literally cut the value of that in half. That that eighty thousand dollars you took time to save will become less effective, less of value by half, because they're going to not only tax you on whatever you have, they're going to devalue the currency in the process of doing it. And so that's what this budget does. It does you know taxation, regulation, and inflation. It does all of these things to destroy the middle class. And those who are super rich will mm -hmm. just do just fine. Those who are who poor, which are the ones we're talking about now coming across the border, yeah. will be dependent on the government. This is a, yeah. this is mass redistribution of wealth for purposes of trying to. And, and while all this is happening, they're they're sinking the economy. While all this Absolutely. is happening, I mean, yes, it, it's all it's all done on purpose. And at that point, there's they don't want to shut the border off, Malcolm. They they right. because they want that permanent underclass. They want those people yeah. coming in who are yeah. going to be dependent on the right. government. And, and once you're dependent on the government, that their theory is you'll always vote to keep the Democrats in place who right. will never now, remove those, those benefits. Now, let me ask you now, we, we just, yeah. you know, we just came through the midterms. Okay. Now listen, I, I, there are people around me and others who are sincerely concerned that we won't make the next two years and recognize. I, I, our, I know a lot of people feel that way. Right. Okay. So let me continue. They won't, and we won't recognize our country, Tony, you know, we don't the, recognize the, it now. We just, right. 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 The done. damage yeah. that's been done in a couple of years is, yes. is serious. And a couple of more years, uh, could do a lot of things you just said, and then some, and then right. some. In the meantime, right. as we've been talking about in front of the program with Trevor Loudon, the CCP uh, is, uh, uh, my golly, it's a thread running through a lot of these stories. They're behind a lot of this, uh, uh, these egregious things that are taking place around the world and against America, for sure. All right. Right now, um, as Cruz says here, the chances of this budget being enacted into law are 0.0%. .0 uh, period. He says this is a tax and spend budget. They've got five and a half trillion dollars in new taxes in the budget. Uh, this includes taxes directly on energy. So remember all the Democrats who said they wanted low gas prices. They were lying. They don't. Right. And and so he says the, the, the it's a political document. He, here's what I'm wondering. And listening to Cruz's comments, I'm very curious. I, I mentioned yeah. the two-year cycle. I mentioned yeah. the fact that people really believe. I mean, it's not just a political talking point, but we're in a potentially a really heap of trouble right now. We're at a really not a good place, a very bad uh, point and moment uh, right. b beyond just you and I political bantering here. And so we'll just get to the next election. Things are getting weirder here. Uh, I'm wondering here with, uh, you know, we see, I'm just, I didn't plan to spend any time on this, but I, I got to go here a minute because I'm just thinking, I've been asking myself, will Ted Cruz run for president again? Now, I see Nikki Haley's in the game. Pompeo seems to be getting ready. Uh, Trump is not going to be the lone soldier this time at all, to be sure. And they're not going to yeah. back down. Uh, will Ted Cruz, do you think, is your gut tell you he, his his name will come into the ring as well to run for president? Oh, he, I don't know. I just, it's, not sure. I, let me be honest about it. It's like anybody whose name is is not Trump is irrelevant. And I'm just being blunt. I'm sorry. No, no uh, explain Nikki, that now. Let, Nick, let's Nikki Haley, she's going for vice president. Anybody who's going into the race is going for second place. No matter what, what about DeSantis say. as well? What about him? Uh, DeSantis, I love DeSantis, but it's like, again, it's like I think he recognizes from the internal polling that I'm sure his folks are aware mm -hmm. that Trump mm -hmm. will 
will handily defeat everybody in the primary. So you, so, so hold on, this is big news. Now you're, you're I, I, I haven't talked to you about any of this, and I'm anxious. Oh no, so. I just, I'm just telling you. You know, it's like I get uh, accused of being pro-Russian because I tell, I tell everybody yeah. that Ukrainians uh, are going to lose. It's like, no, it's like uh, it's just I'm looking at the numbers and, and facts, and that's what's going to happen. So you so, think this is Trump's game to lose? Yes, I do. I do. I, and again, I, 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 I'm not endorsing any candidate. I'm I understand. Just saying, I understand. If you, if you stand back. You know, I'm an intelligence officer by trade. That was my choice of career. Mm-hmm. And if you just look at the facts, you look at the terrain, you look at the, the critical uh, nodes, you look at the centers of gravity, Trump's not going to be defeated in the primaries. The general is a different story altogether. And we're not talking about the general, but I'm just talking about primaries. Right now, there's nobody out there that's, that's had a coherent message, uh, experience, and name recognition as great as Trump's. It's just okay. the way it is. Yeah, I, and look, he- I, I yeah. talk to people all the time. They love Mike Pompeo. Oh, Mike did this. Right. It's like, yeah, right. I, I advise Mike. But Mike doesn't have the name recognition or policy uh, success that would be required to get his name uh, to be voted on. If Trump did do that and he did take the primary, do you have any doubt or uh, what's your nervousness level with the general election? Could he? I mean, there's a lot to regroup here and recap with what oh, happened. It depends on who's uh, his opponent. If it's Biden, Biden's toast. I, I just don't think... If in a fair election, and let me caveat my comment by this, if it's a fair election between Trump and Biden, you know, the second round, Biden loses every time. Mm-hmm. It's the cheating that I'm worried about in, in the cha- states, which did happen. I'm sorry, people. Uh, you know, I know you may not want to hear it, but it, it was, you know, Trump did win. It was all about the cheating and, and some of the the uh, rulings, court rulings after the fact that resulted in a defeat. But I think by by raw numbers, uh, I don't believe for a minute that Joe, Joe Biden got the, the record number of, of votes okay. in history. I just don't believe that. But uh, I'm, what I'm saying is in a fair election where people actually examine the issues mm-hmm. of the economy of, of what's going on, you're going to see a, a decision uh, by the voters simpl- similar to what happened in Virginia between Yonkin mm-hmm. and uh, Terry McAuliffe. That yeah. people are going to yeah. recognize even the Democrat side, they're going in a direction they don't want it to go. So that's okay. why I think Trump wins. You think there could be another Donald Trump term? I mean, we're talking history in the making if this happens. Well, I know. I think that's it's the way I'm looking at it right this minute. I, I just again, if we're breaking it down into two pieces, uh, primaries. Trump's got it again. I don't. Nobody's name who I've seen come into it at this point. Well, I'll tell you what. There'll be some hell to pay if he gets in there again. Some people are going to be uh, a, a pretty. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I listened. Look, I was a CPAC. I listened to his speech. I was in the room. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it, it was the most cohesive policy centric speech i've ever seen him give it was very wow. you know it was wow. a little bit Trump, yeah, you're right you're a little right. bit of his poking here and there but it was all very policy focused and that's what he's got to do malcolm to win those who are critical right. of his that's bedside right. manner the way he tweets right. he's got to be very focused on 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 policy and i think maybe and, stop, but, but, and well spend time there and st- instead of insulting people would that's probably right. do him a lot of good that's right you know frankly yeah uh, now now with, with that said uh and with trump um uh, this is this is really going to be quite an interesting deal as all these people come out and we see what takes place here. Mm-hmm. Let, let's now jump in, ju- jump in or, or dump in, depending uh, with the, with this. Well, uh, dump. And we're not talking about Joe Biden's <laughs> opinion. Just saying. I mean, we we're not going to dump into that. Just oh well, well, well. All right. What about this? Uh, this is. I mean, wow. Fox News. This is. Yeah. Uh, I've been really wanting to. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no. Yeah. I've been really wanting to talk to you about this. I mean, yeah. seriously. All right. Oh, hold on now. I know you're ready to go on the gusto here, but let me sure. just say now, uh, when you start to see these reports 
again, uh, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram, Brian uh, uh, Kilmeade, and of course, the biggest, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. Uh, Chuck Truck would come out and saying, I hate Trump passionately. Now, all this stuff has been leaked out because of the Dominion lawsuit. It's all out in the light of day again. Uh, hypocrisy would be an understatement of what's transpired with all this documentation, what they were right. saying on here, what happened, how they felt about Trump, how they felt about the election. I don't know what Fox was doing over there while all this was going on, but I'll tell you what, it's a cesspool. I mean, it's a legitimate cesspool, Tony, of garbage. What What do you make of this story? So, um, look, I know Brian Kilmeade. I, I consider Brian a friend. I know Pete Hegsteth. I consider uh, Pete a friend. I know uh, Steve Ducey. Pete Ducey, I know them all, you know, a lot of those folks. And I love Pete. I love Steve Ducey. I love the Ducey's. They're good folks. But the organization for which they work is no longer the organization I used to work with. Uh, Catherine Herridge is gone. Eric Bowling, Bill O'Reilly, uh, Ed Henry. Uh, you know, I work in some form with these folks now, you know, either by correspondence or we work together to develop stories still. Uh, but the Fox that I worked with is no longer the Fox that exists. And I think people have recognized that. And, and Tucker Carlson is simply another feature. And I know Tucker. Uh, we're not friends like some of the other folks, but I know him. Uh, and I think he's under fire like anyone else is going to stand up and, and say what they believe to be the truth. This whole this whole 6th January thing is emblematic of that. Uh, he basically is a one-man wrecking ball to the 6th January narrative the narrative which we all knew and you and i've spoken about this a number of times i think your audience is is, is smarter than the average bear on this on and fox is part of the mainstream media therefore the mainstream media has decided 6 january was the most uh, egregious event in, in, in the events of the united states history uh, other than pearl harbor and 9 11. and so when you start knocking that down obviously there's going to be pressure to stop knocking it down i think that's what tucker and all others are seeing at fox right now how bad is this for Fox, do you think? Well, I think Fox is, um, let me break this into three pieces. First, Roger Ailes was brilliant. As much as he, he, he had all sorts of issues, he understood audiences. He understood how to build an audience and, and keep that audience. That's what made Fox so effective in messaging. He's long gone. And, and Fox has been steadily reducing how uh, effective their audience is. While they're still the big dog, they're not growing. And they're not getting new audience. And a lot of people are t turning over to Newsmax and other outlets. And yeah, full disclosure, I am, a, I am a, a contributor to Newsmax. So take my words for what you wish. But I'm just telling you there's reasons why I think people are leaving to go to Newsmax and other outlets. And secondly, the, the, the actual people who are involved in making Fox effective as an entity are long gone. And now you have people who are unrecognizable during the day. The big names who come on at night to talk about politics are always under fire. Sean Hannity. Uh, Laura Ingram, uh, Tucker, they're all under fire constantly by the network itself because they don't want them to be too bold in their, in their putting information out, as we've seen with Tucker. And third, and most importantly, uh, Fox has become CNN uh, of 1999, 2000. Mm. It, wow. It's simply a, a milk toast kind of mix of, of facts which uh, are mostly left-leaning and have no relevance to actually educating people. And they're doing that because uh, of, the, of Murdoch's sons being the ones who now run it. Right. That's where it's at. Uh, Tony, it is sincerely always a privilege to talk to you, sir, and have you on. He always loved having you. Thank you, Tony. Oh, thank you. Always great to join you. Okay. All right, friends. Uh, now, we've got here, uh, interesting, uh, Robert Redfield, and uh, while well, going after, uh, you see, Fauci here and the whole CDC thing, uh, very interesting. And uh, got Dr. Stephanie Coxon and Dr. Stephen LaTulip. All that's coming up next, friends. Stay right there. More Viewpoint in just a moment.
America Out Loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Well, it is uh, hard to believe, friends, three years into this life-changing, altering, planet-modifying pandemic. Wow. Uh, just amazing. Three years this weekend here uh, that uh, the start of uh, the SARS-CoV-2, uh, COVID-19, uh, coronavirus, there are a lot of names for it, people. Uh, bats and soup is not one of them. Uh, but uh, anyways, welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm out loud here. And, uh, you know, back when this thing was happening, I was just saying to myself, why did some of these cats come out and say something more? Why did they just go along as, and you could see some of their facial emotions. Like I remember watching Redfield at some of those conferences and he looked like to me, this is my opinion now, it looked at times like he wanted to vomit on the on the desk or something. You know, like you could see his emotion because he he's kind of shows his cards a little bit. I think he's one of those kind of cats like me. I'm not a very good liar. So you would know when I'm throwing the BS because I, I don't lie. So when I do, I sort of, you can kind of look and say, I'm full of it. You know what I mean? So anyways, let's get going here. Let's bring on here. Dr. Stephen Latulip is joining us here. Uh, Dr. Latulip is a physician, board certified family medicine, uh, retired United States Air Force officer. Uh, he's an ordained minister. And, I, and he always knows I love to say all those things collectively because he's very unique uh, in that he does all that. Some people are just happy to do one of those things in their life. And you've accomplished all of that. His book, Unity Without Compromise, and the show on America Out Loud Talk Radio, Unity Without Compromise, is a must-listen, friends. Also, join us on the program in just a little bit here. Dr. Stephanie Coxon will be here. And uh, Dr. Stephanie Coxon, she's, uh, uh, she, I mean, she's a voice. She's a political activist. She's an analyst. She's a truth seeker. Uh, listen, a mother of five, oh, you got to put that in there because, you know, she don't look like she's old enough to have five, but that's another story. I sure like to hear that. Of course, every woman wants to hear that. Me too. I like to hear that as well. I don't have five though. Uh, (laughs) let's jump in. Dr. Stephen Latulip here. All right. This story here, the CDC director, Robert Redfield. All right. So he, there was a, he was involved in this here in this earlier this week here on the, um, testifying before the House subcommittee on the COVID-19 pandemic origins. And uh, so he answered uh, about the virus having been uh, created in a scientific laboratory. He says coronaviruses in nature don't ever cross infect from plants or other animals to humans. It just doesn't happen. Therefore, it's not even scientifically plausible. 
then how did it happen? A wet market? Nonsense. The genetic manipulation is just what they are doing in the research, splicing in uh, certain segments uh, to produce, for example, the spike protein uh, with the vaccine, uh, with the virus itself. Likewise, uh, I mean, we still don't know what, uh, how the virus was fully modified, but um, let's face it. We know it, it was done. We know it was modified. It was done. We know the spike protein was produced. We know that there were HIV segments spliced in there. We know that they used this new um, lipid nanoparticle technology so that the shot didn't just stay in the arm. It went everywhere throughout every organ of the body, including the brain. It was now hold on allowed- a minute there. That's why let me let me I gotta stop you a minute here. It, I am guessing, Stephen, that is why pretty obvious now. That's why we're having so many uh, calamities to our bodies. It, it, they impact everybody a little differently. But my golly, uh, the the parts of your, I mean, your brain, like you say, the brain fog, your your heart, the myocarditis, your diabetes, this cancer's forming. Right? Is that a correct thing? It's everything. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, if you look at the uh, accumulating evidence, uh, these people who have taken the shot, which have the same ingredients in there that the virus had, except in a more uh, intense form, concentrated form, they're dropping like flies. I mean, they, 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 there is a genocide going on, and the evidence is really in a strong way pointing to that. And so I'm excited to see that, and I'm saddened so greatly to see the devastation that they have caused by this. And they yeah. knew what they were doing right well you have to know what you're doing which was redfield's point i think more or less uh so when he was questioned about the uh, uh, the nature of the uh, the research itself at the at the wuhan institute of virology uh he asserted absolutely the sars cov2 viral strain was a product of gain of function research he also defined the gain of function as transforming a harmless or benign virus into significant pathogen and it was biowarfare. And we've used those words, uh, brother, from the beginning, uh, biowarfare. And people sometimes would look at us, but it really was biowarfare, what was done to the human body and what was put out onto the world uh, for devious uh, points of reference, wasn't it? Yes, it absolutely was. You cannot call it anything else. When you look at um, how it was designed, what their intent was, and all the collateral damage and, and the collateral incidents that happen, like the shutdowns, the lockdowns, telling us to mask when we know that masking is an absolutely stupid thing to do. It's it's just all show and fanfare. It, it does nothing to uh, provide a viral barrier for your own protection or anyone else's. Right, right. All right. So uh, there's an op-ed uh, right up front at uh, AmericaOutloud.com, friends, when you listen to this on Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon, for that matter. A former CDC director, Redfield, exposes the Minister of Sinister, Fauci. Well, that has a good rhyme to it, doesn't it? Now, Minister of Sinister, Fauci, that, that rhymes and very appropriate. Um, I'm reading your piece, Stephen. I'm reading through it. And I see all of this. As I said to listeners up front in the broadcast, and I meant it sincerely, when I looked at the body language of these cats and I seen how they were reacting, this is when all those press conferences were happening, all this stuff. I often wondered and wanted them to speak out. I knew that the wool was being pulled over eyes and I felt it. And I could look at the body language of a Redfield and others, but Redfield specifically, he stood out to me because he, he, he has a reaction to his face when People are lying, I think. And I kind of detected that. At least I did. 
Now, so I wasn't surprised by this report, but then I said to myself, why didn't he come out sooner? Why does he wait to all this had happened? All this damage was done. Why didn't he stop the miracle round right then? I mean, is it just a matter of a lack of courage or was there, was he being gagged or something? And then I'm reading through your piece and this is on my mind. And then I see you say it right in your piece. You say, why didn't Dr. Redfield come forward from the beginning? Was he censored, gagged, threatened with suicide or an unfortunate mishap? Uh, but that's exactly was my thoughts. And you put it right there. So do you have any idea or speculation or answer to that point, please? Well, I, I think the first two questions, was he censored or gagged? That's rhetorical. Of course he was. We know he was. And as you said, his facial expressions told it all. And um, so I think that it, obviously he was threatened in some not so small way. And how that is, well, who knows? But we know uh, that all the other people that have been knocked off that had something, some significant inside knowledge, uh, they are no longer with us. And I don't think that is at all an accident. So it, I think they were just uh, taken out, to be honest with you. And I think that he was threatened with the same thing. So do you consider him at this point? It's hard to answer this question. I mean, is he a hero or, or part of the villain or part of the problem? Or what is he? Well, I think he's a human being who is struggling. And I think he is trying to make good. I mean, he the, the nice thing is that Dr. Redfield did not sell his soul as did his cohorts. He at least held his ground. He was silenced. He may have been threatened. Likely he was. And so he didn't come forth and say anything. But now we are gaining steam on the evidence. And so uh, he's got a lot more backing now. And of course, uh, testifying to this committee that's looking for the honest answers. That's very encouraging to me because we are becoming very good at exposing the evil. And yeah, that yeah. is step one. Well, that on top of the fact that uh, the Department of Energy and the FBI now, uh, as goofy as they are, have come out and said, oh, this did come from Wuhan and the lab and so on and so forth and not from whatever. So all of this combined is kind of boiling to a top point here now. There's a lot of, lot of error here, though. A lot of egregious things have happened. Let me um, stay right there, Dr. Let me bring on Dr. Stephanie Coxon joins us here. She got a, I, th I think, an enjoyable read, which brings you back. And I could relate to this piece as well, by the way, because I had some of the same sentiments that she had in reading the piece. Uh, her piece is an op-ed you want to go take a look at. Uh, if we are keeping score, conspiracy theorist 10, uh, CNN 0. And a lot of this really is that way. When you think about all the stuff, Stephanie, you kind of pinch yourself and you think, well, that can't be true. Well, that can't be true. That doesn't make, I mean, it is so out there, some of this stuff, that in a real semblance of any normal world, we would be called crackpots and probably locked up in a mental institution. But none of that applies anymore, does it? <laughs> so true. I think at this point in our world, it's the conspiracy theorists that are, you know, supposed conspiracy theorists that are actually telling the truth, right? And so if they say something, I'm more likely to listen to that subgroup of people that I am to listen to our own government. And to be at a point where I can make that statement is almost unbelievable to me. 
It is. You know, you're exactly right. Take us back to the beginning. We're now three year anniversary, a horrible anniversary, I might add uh, to everybody this weekend on this pandemic. And I don't say that boastfully at all. What's happened to the world and to the human race is disgusting. Um, and it was all pushed and man-made and totally avoidable is the worst part about this. And we knew it. Bring us back to the early onset of the pandemic back. And I think it was, was it January or so and your cruise and what was taking place and it, that you talk about in this piece. T- tell us about that, please. Yeah. So actually in January in Las Vegas with my husband, with some people from Wuhan, um, interestingly enough, but we- You were with up- people from Wuhan? Hold on, yeah, hold on. I did know, you, did you just say that? They, you- they, yeah. So, you know, he's in the manufacturing world. And of course, a lot of the, our products come from China. Um, and so in Las Vegas, there are a lot of the suppliers that were there. And, you know, there were there was talk of everything, but there I've never had a fear of any of it. You know, just being a natural health, I've just never developed a fear for it. But come uh, late February is when we actually went on a cruise and we were on the cruise. I can't remember how long the cruise was, probably seven to seven to eight days. And there's still the chatter about COVID-19 but nothing, nothing really happening. But then we get to where we're supposed to be pulling into St. Lucia and we're not pulling in and we're walking and the cruise isn't, cruise isn't saying anything. And we're just kind of circling and like, well, this is really strange. What's going on? And, uh, you know, you start to hear some chatter from the other guests. And I, I want to say maybe 12 hours later, um, you know, people start asking questions and it turns out, um, and we found out actually 25 hours later that we were circling the islands. We were going from St. Lucia then to Barbados and we were going to Barbados because they were the only island at the time who was able to do a COVID-19 test. So here we are on this cruise ship. We're quarantined at this point, waiting to find out. Um, a crew member had come on from Italy, which was where one of the recent outbreaks were. He had just gotten his flu shot. Um, and so whenever they they went to Barbados, Barbados came um, someone from Barbados came on the ship to do the to do the testing. And at that point, I believe we are waiting about 24 hours um, for the test results to come back or, or around there. It may have been a little bit longer. But anyhow, we had to wait for those test results to come back. And it turned out he had the flu. And so literally there was this huge press conference, the the prime minister or whoever from Barbados came on, they televised it. Everyone came to the center of the ship to let us know that we were in fact able to leave the ship and had this huge party. Um, it was one of the most surreal experiences <laughs> of my life. And I tell you what, my poor husband was so nervous. Our kids are at home. It's just us. You know, we're like, well, what's this going to mean? How long are we going to be quarantined? Because of course, at that point, every person, there's like an extra 10 days, right? So you can end up on a cruise ship for quite a long period of time following the current, uh, the current rules. And it was just a couple of weeks later, they had the lockdown, you say, right? Wasn't it? Right. I, I honestly think we may have been on the last cruise ship to actually leave from, from Miami. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think any more cruise ships went out after our cruise came back. And we felt very blessed that we were able to get back because I later ran into people who were stuck, That's you know, right. off the coast of China for a, a yeah. extended period of time. Well, yeah, you got to remember there were a lot of still unknowns and uncertainties, uh, Stephanie, at that point, right? I mean, nobody really there, had their hands on the virus yet. We didn't know what was going on, right? Well, yes and no. I think it depends on kind of what world you come out of, right? So me being more of the naturopathic world, you know, I just don't get, um, I, I'm not afraid of viruses. So in my 
in my head as I'm on this cruise ship and watching the world kind of get worried. I'm like, oh, I'm just going to take some extra zinc, some vitamin C, maybe some D. Everything's going to be okay. And as I'm having conversations with people on the ship and, you know, a couple really nervous people about this, I'm saying the same thing. There's nothing to worry mm -hmm. about. This is just yeah. a virus. Just boost yeah. your immune system. Really, right, that's what right. it comes down to. The last couple of moments, I want to ask you and then Dr. Stephen LaTulip as well, just each take just a minute and, and answer this. And you say this, Stephanie, you say, for the first time in my life, I feel like I understood Nazi Germany. As a child and even an adult, I could never grasp the idea that people would willingly get on a train and head to a concentration camp. You related that to COVID-19 and the pandemic lockdown. Uh, just a minute or so here. Um, your, your feelings on that statement. Goodness. You know, that's one of the questions when I when I read about it um, and when I watched Shawshank Redemption movie as, you know, as a young child, I thought, how is this possible? How are people so dumb that they're going to get on a train to their death? How did other people allow this to happen? But in fact, when you're given propaganda to say a particular population is diseased, that you have to do this or you're going to die, and you're repeated, you know, that's repeated to you every single day, and you're mm -hmm. unable to to pull away from that fear is so quick to spread, right? Yeah. And so when I realized that people were going into this with absolute fear, they're pressuring their family because of absolute fear. Mm -hmm. And then you have the people who understood that this isn't happening, but they don't want confrontation. Uh, Dr. Stephen Latula, last word on this. And I mean, we really were, we ridiculed people as, as uh, Stephanie just said, uh, you know, you're being honest and, but the whole system, that's where I don't think any of us could get our arms around. Every, it was hard for anybody to stand up. Probably why Redfield didn't know what the hell to do either, frankly. I mean, everything was against everything. The truth was no longer important, was it? No, it wasn't important. I think anybody that dared to speak up uh, with it probably knew there were going to be consequences. And that's exactly what happened with me when I spoke publicly at the Capitol building in Salem, Oregon. Um, you know, here we have this uh, this horrible um, second Holocaust going on. But this one is a whole lot worse um, because when you talk about all that natural stuff, yeah, we have a lot of natural resistance to to death, to disease, uh, in, including viral illnesses. But uh, now that Holocaust, uh, which is a global Holocaust, is is continuing to proceed. We are looking at a reduction in cellular immunity through the destruction of the T lymphocytes. Um, and uh, so the entire population is vulnerable, and hence, or at least those that took the shots, you know. We are going to see a, a whole lot uh, more tragic events occurring because of that reduction in cellular mm -hmm. immunity. We're seeing a rise in cancers. We're seeing people dropping dead uh, yeah. by the droves, and it will continue. So uh, we're actually in a new pandemic here, and it's a pandemic of a long uh, COVID, the long hauler syndrome, uh, and uh, vaccine injured. Uh, these are these are real problems people are struggling with, and uh, people want to regain their health. They want to regain their life. Uh, but let's face it, the, the harm that's been done will never be repaired. It is it is uh, a mark on humanity like no other we've seen. A tremendous thank you to you both, uh, Dr. Stephanie Coxon, uh, Dr. Stephen LaTulip. Appreciate both of you as contributors and uh, friends of the platform of the network here. My friends, it's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. We're on the front lines. We've been on the front lines from the beginning. We'll continue to be there uh, and bring you the out loud truth here and help us share that around the world and wake people up. 
uh, from their woke sickness, if you will, <laughs> if anything, right? Uh, thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.